What's up, Empowered Eating Friends? I have a super special interview for you guys today. One of my longtime clients who's become a friend of mine, her name is Natalie. She's going to be walking us through how she went from disordered, dysfunctional eating through every single diet you can think of and finally landed on empowered eating and how this opened doors for health and happiness that she really didn't even know were possible for her. Her story is one that I know so many of you can relate to. How many of us have been in that situation where people have said something either directly to us or about another person or about food and those left an imprint in our brain for years to come and changed the course of how we ate and it turned out to be dysfunctional and something that didn't serve us in the long run. So Natalie is one of those and it's really cool to hear her story and how she finally turned it around and where she landed. I am so excited for you guys to hear her story. I know it's going to encourage you guys to keep going in your empowered eating journey. And because of that, I am so grateful she was brave enough to hop on the show and share it with you guys here today. But before we dive into that, I want to let y'all know, remind you, Next Level Nutrition is taking applicants now. Friends, if you are like, okay, Jess, I love the empowered eating model. I've started this journey I get the pieces of like biofeedback and listening to my body, ditching diet culture, like I'm there, but I am ready to feel that energy again. Like I wanna feel comfortable in my clothes. I wanna start learning how to fuel for the gym. I'm ready to take my nutrition to the next level. If you are there, this group is just for you, friends. I am so excited to be launching this. It's going to be a 10-week live course. That means I'm gonna be there with you every single week. I get to meet you guys. Well, I was going to say face-to-face, but but screen-to-screen. We're going to be there. We're going to be nerding out about nutrition. And I've been running groups for years, but this will be the first time doing it in a virtual setting. So because of that, I'm keeping this group extra small. I want to get to know you guys really well. Make sure we have adequate time to work through the details together. And I've got pilot pricing. So if you are ready for that next level nutrition, head on over to jessbrownrdiggy.com forward slash next level nutrition. You can find all the details and you can apply to join the group there. I'll be taking applications through the second week in August and it is going to be on a first come first serve basis. So make sure you guys reserve your spot today. I'm super excited to be there for you guys and be in your corner in a new, more personal way. All right, without further ado, let's dive into Natalie's story. Hey awesome, yeah, I'm talking to you. I know you're ready to stop falling into diet culture traps and finally put together a realistic plan on how to boost your energy. You might feel stuck because you can't quite kick the chocolate habit. The whole body love thing isn't getting the job done. Or maybe you're at an impasse because you are pushing it in the gym, but you can't figure out how and what to eat. How many times have you Googled best diet and found that the latest trend has failed you? Hey girl, I'm Jess registered dietitian, wife, mama, and total science and nutrition research junkie. I too used to be stuck in the cycle of insecurity and never feeling like my body was good enough. Then I tried to fix it with food only to end up right back where I started. I did some really hard work. I found food freedom, but then I was confused on how to eat healthy and get fit without falling back into diet culture crazy. I wish someone would have taught me the difference between discipline and obsession. I wanted to be the healthiest version of myself by balancing healthy eating with food freedom. Like how do I actually eat healthy, get fit, and have donuts with my kids? It wasn't until I figured out this awesome balance between discipline and permission, the art of intentional eating with sprinkles of flexibility, the empowered eating model was born. 
Here on the show, we nix diet culture while creating values-based health goals. We reconnect with how our body responds to food through biofeedback, all the while figuring out a plan on how to get healthy and fit without sacrificing the most meaningful parts of life. Sustainability doesn't mean never eating your favorite foods again. I mean, pizza is life, right? (laughs) We are here to finally not just feel comfortable, but confident in our body. I am so excited to fuel your awesome with empowered eating. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com and grab my three steps to empowered eating guide totally free or hop onto my e-course food foundations to get the step-by-step deets on how I got here. All right, you ready to take your inner awesome to the next level? So grab that cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes because girl, it's time to go. Natalie, I am so excited you are here today. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. Of course, definitely. I have to tell you, when I first met you, I knew you and I were going to need to connect because you had on the most fabulous shoes, eyeglass frames, and nails. Like you are a girly girl through and through. And I just, I feel that. I love that about you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, they're fun for sure. That's awesome. What are they right now? Right now they're white with a little bit of sparkle in them. I'm just trying out a couple different ideas and I had some pictures taken a couple weeks ago, so had to make sure that they were ready to go. But my new appointments coming up soon. So I'll change it up here in a second. So cool. I love that. Now, when you and I connected, gosh, it was what, what year? 2018? 2018. Yep. Now we're going to dive into your story and just your journey with food. But before we do, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do and anything exciting going on in your life right now. Okay. Um, so my name is Natalie. Um, and right now I'm currently actually, um, I know it's funny you mentioned my eyeglass frames, but I'm currently a sales rep for a big eyeglass company. So, um, that's actually part of something new that's happened within the last couple of weeks. I also, uh, recently just got engaged. So I am in the middle of planning my wedding. It's coming up here in a couple months. So I'm very excited and thrilled. I've been really blessed with that season. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. Oh, I know. I'm so excited for you and what's coming up, but it has been a journey to get here. And I know, um, your relationship with food and body, and even just the ability to feel this excitement about your wedding, it is not something that came easy for you. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with food. I mean, take us all the way back, Natalie, to high school. Like where have you been with food and your body and walk us through just kind of some of the struggles you've been through. Yeah. I mean, just taking it back. I mean, think just thinking even before high school, just growing up, you talk a lot on your podcast about the fad diets and all of this stuff. And I love my parents. and I love my family, but we kind of all got sucked into that. Basically, I'm the youngest of four girls. And so growing up in a household of females, of course, you're always looking at what, how to clothes fit. What do I look like? And I remember from a very young age, just to starting in that comparison mode, um, some of my best, best friends growing up, amazing people, but we looked different and very young. I remember probably as young as gosh, second or third grade starting to compare and realize, I mean, we were in elementary school, so it's crazy, but what's who the boys are giving more attention to and just stuff like that. And so, um, it started a really long journey really of, um, what does food look like? What should or shouldn't I be eating according to the world standards or what people are saying and, or what, I mean, again, my mom is the most incredible person, but what she thought was right. And I remember her and her girlfriends always starting the next diet, weight watchers, we were counting points. They were doing different things all the time. And I was young, I was very young. And then, um, really not obviously at that point, not considering genetics or anything like that. And so I also grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico with a huge um, Hispanic family. So 
bread and food and everything was always the center of all the happiness, all the fun, um, but then feeling the guilt after it from a very young age. So growing up through middle school, starting in middle school is really when um, it became a lot more apparent when I was, it, I let it start consuming me a lot more because, you know, you transition from school to school. And um, I think at that point, again, I was friends with a lot of people who looked very differently than me. And so I was the one, I, didn't, I don't want to necessarily say I got bullied because I don't want to victimize myself in that sense, but I did get made fun of. Um, there was nicknames associated with my name based off of how I looked because um, I was, you know, a little bit of the heavier set kid, I guess, if you want to say that. Um, really, though, when I look back at pictures, I'm like, yeah, that was crazy. I don't even understand that. But <laughs> at the time, um, that's what it was labeled. And so, um, yeah, that kind of started a whole journey of really trying to figure out um, what food looked like. And um, I had some of my older siblings were into the fitness industry, still are. They were in fitness competitions and stuff like that. So I had it from all ends of the spectrum, just all of this stuff coming through and trying to figure out where I fit into that. And honestly, trying to follow every single other person of what they were doing besides figuring out what my own journey was, which is kind of what led up to here uh, through high school very early on, um, very first year of high school, I started a pretty intense um, not started, I don't know how to properly say that, but I battled with a pretty intense um, eating disorder, I guess. And so that led into years and years of that consuming me, um, honestly, up until I really think I saw you and not, it went from one end of the spectrum of being completely um, bulimic, anorexic at one point to where other end of the spectrum where I was binge eating so bad, which is still considered an eating disorder. And so it went from one eating disorder to another. And I think that's kind of where my journey over all of those years to 2018 kind of led up to when you and I connected was kind of toward the end of that season. So. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you walked in with a lot of history, a lot of hurt, and it sounds like, I mean, you can tell already in how you describe your story, you've done so much work, like you've recognized that genetics play a role. And, you know, there is this love language that food plays, especially in the Hispanic culture. And at the same time, you know, you were living in that, but also trying to reconcile, like, why is my body bigger than others? Like my genetics are different than others. And, you know, sadly people poked fun at you because your body was different. And I know you're not alone in that. I mean, it's so sad. So many women. Yeah. We've got those names. Yeah. It's awful. It haunts us for years and years. And yeah, I remember you walked in with a lot. So tell me a little bit more about um, swinging from bulimia and anorexia to binge eating, because I also think you're not alone in that. Um, did you know, I guess my first question would be at the time you were in high school and you started battling an eating disorder, did you even know you had an eating disorder? Um, yes, I was very well aware. I even remember honestly kind of making the decision to start doing that mm. because I was so desperate, honestly, um, mm. at the time. And again, looking back, I'm like, that was crazy, but I did it. I did it. So I don't want to say perfectly because it was such a horrible thing, but I was very consistent in what I did. Um, and I don't want to give anyone pointers to tell them what I did, but I made sure to try and cover it as much as possible that it didn't seem like I was losing the weight, I guess, in a sense, because of an eating disorder. Mm. And so I was very structured with it. Um, I knew what I was doing. I I learned about it. That is one thing I remember learning in school a little bit in health class or whatever. And I don't even know where all the information came from, but I, I know I knew, I probably did my own research to figure out how to have an eating disorder, honestly, because I was so seeking wow. out. Um, which well, and that crazy. was because you were just feeling so desperate to be in a body that felt comfortable. 
Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And wanting, I, I don't necessarily know if it was wanting the attention from it or to feel uh, now that I look back at it, I wanted to feel good about myself. And I understand that. But at the time it was very much, I want the other people to justify who I was as well. And what mm-hmm. I looked like, because I saw everyone else getting that same stuff, I guess. Um, and so I remember, I remember starting it. I remember taking the steps to make sure that it was covered as much as possible. And so it didn't seem like what I was doing was because I was bulimic. Um, but I, I was, I was obsessed with it. I was weighing myself. It's so crazy to think now I would weigh myself before and after every single meal, mm-hmm. every single snack. If there wasn't a scale around, I would try and figure out a way. Or if I knew like I would perfectly time my meals to make sure I was either home or somewhere where I can go. Um, I don't even know what to call it, but go throw out my food, I guess. I don't know how to remember yeah. what the medical t- term for that is, but um, because I knew exactly when that time needed to happen. And so mm-hmm. it was, it was like clockwork basically. And it wasn't until that journey kind of ended like a year and a half, two years later, because um, a couple of my friends and my boyfriend at the time found out about it and um, amazing people. Now that I think back about it, I was mad at them at the time, but I was actually at softball practice and they went, my boyfriend at the time, my best friend went over to my parents' house without my knowledge to tell my mom and have that conversation with her. Um, I had no idea. And so when my mom picked me up from practice that day, I even remember where we were sitting at the school. I got in the truck, happy as can be, practice was over. And she immediately just started questioning me. And it turned into a whole journey um, of that where kind of, I got exposed, um, which again, I was so mad at the time, but um, it was, it was, it was a good thing because there was a motivation to kind of get healthier during that time in a sense. And so that went through high school anorexia was a little bit, not as much, I, I still like food. So <laughs> I still wouldn't eat but for the most part. There was, I was definitely limiting. And then, um, you know, after high school, I, um, obviously stopped playing sports, but I started working out a lot. Um, my sister had owned a gym, gym at the time, my sister and brother. And, um, so we were doing all of that. And then I think another pivotal point where it kind of led into the binge eating was, um, I mean, I had gained some weight after high school, just typical kind of stopped being as active, you know, of course, growing up, just not that I was old, but aging in general, it just happens genetics. Again, now that I know about that, but, um, back in 2014, I actually tore my ACL and I had a pretty bad knee injury, um, just messing around, honestly. And, um, that I think was another pivotal moment for me because instead of allowing myself, I was training at the time pretty hard. I actually was going to get a certification so that I can actually start training at the gym as well. Um, and that happened. And so I went, that's when I think I really started battling like my depression and all of that stuff that I was battling at the time, because, um, I felt very, I couldn't do anything physically. I had a surgery. Um, I gained a ton of weight very quickly. Um, I didn't, and I I was trying to lose weight prior to the surgery without knowing I was going to have a surgery. And so none of it really worked in my favor, I guess, actually, I'm very grateful for it now. So it did long-term, but at the time it did not seem like it did. And so, um, I gained a lot of weight with that first surgery. And then I allowed myself really to use it as an excuse. Now that I think about it, um, to be able to eat whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, I couldn't walk, I couldn't get up. I couldn't do all of this stuff. And I turned into this mindset that I was so stuck, I think in bed and, not being able to do anything. And I guess almost helpless if I think about it in that sense. And I really wasn't, I mean, I had a ton of help. I could still do things. People have ACL surgeries all the time and they walk away 
fine. And I was fine. I was, um, it got fixed and everything, but I, I gained a ton of weight during that season. And then, um, to training, to try and get it off was, it was even harder than it had been the first 20 something years of my life trying to lose weight. Cause I was constantly in this brain of, I have to lose weight. That's just where my brain always was no matter what, that's what my life was consumed around surgery, not surgery. And so that happened um, a couple of years later after the first surgery, unfortunately, it wasn't completely healed. So I had to go back in, have another surgery. And so, gosh, I mean, if we're putting numbers on it, I think from the time I graduated high school to where I was, at, where I didn't feel my best, I guess I had gained close to 70 pounds, maybe roughly in there. And so um, it turned into, again, the opposite end of it, where I was just completely binge eating and using it as it was, it was my, um, medication, I guess. I don't know um, where I was. It was, that's what I was medicating myself with was food. And because I liked food and it tasted good and I loved everything about it. And it just made me feel better at, in the moment. And so I was definitely overeating, not eating the right things. Um, not that there's a right or wrong. Everyone's body's so different, which I found out later with you, but I was definitely just kind of consumed by that. And so I think that is where, um, a year after my second surgery, it led to a place where, again, I was battling anxiety and depression at the time. I was seeing a counselor at one point. They even sent me to a psychiatrist. I was put on actual medications. I was actually, I remember, I just told my fiance this, I was put on a medication, which is, again, medication is great for many reasons. And if somebody needs it, I don't want to tell them not to, but make sure you know what you're getting on for sure. Do your research and um, speak with the professionals. But I was actually put on a medication had nothing to do with anxiety and depression. It was actually a um, addiction medication that they put people on who are trying to stop smoking or um, drinking or doing hard drugs because they were trying to see, because I, every time I went into a counseling session, it was all around my weight. And that is why I felt like I was so depressed all the time, because if I only looked a certain way, I would be happy and people would like me and all of this different stuff. All of these lies I told myself is really what it was. And so they put me on an addiction medication to try and help me to stop eating as much. I think, um, it didn't work. I don't know <laughs> if, for, for what it's worth. I don't really know what, honestly, I don't really know. I'm glad you answered that. Cause I'm sure some people would be like, did it work? Sadly, cause that's where our brain goes when, yes. when we're so focused on like weight loss and so desperate. Yeah. And it sounds like you were almost in the same spot you were at in high school, only yep. now in a larger body. So exactly. in high school, you're in a high school body. And you know, if we can all go back to our high school bodies, I think most yeah. people would be kinder, more kind to themselves. Oh, for sure. But yeah, here you are like to post two surgeries, the same desperation, only now you're in a larger body. So it probably felt 10 times worse because it's just validating all of those thoughts yeah. you had about yourself. And, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And so I was, I was, I was honestly excited. I, that's the thing that's also crazy is I was always so excited to try and find the next thing mm -hmm. that's going to help me lose weight. So I'm like, yes, medication, weight loss, medication, whatever it is. I don't even care at this point. Um, I'm honestly grateful it didn't work because if it did, I don't even know if I'd still be in the mindset I am here, but at the time I'm like, put me on it. I don't even care. And so I was on all these different medications throughout all these years. I don't even remember exactly how long, but I eventually stopped all the medications. And that was a decision myself just because I was like, um, at the time I was growing my faith as well. That's has a huge part of my story and, um, being mentored by some people that were trying to help me and everything like that. But within the whole story, just leading up to when I started meeting with you, I ended up getting really sick back in 2017. And um, to the point where I couldn't eat anything, I went from eating everything to where I couldn't keep anything down just really physically. And so 
doctors were trying to figure out what was going on. Um, I ended up having to see a GI doctor and they did a bunch of tests and everything like that. And there were some medical stuff happening, which had to get fixed. But within that time, she had told me, she was like, Hey, there's, there's, there's this place in Albuquerque. Um, I want to refer you to somebody and see if you can get some help there. And it was a dietitian. It was, she was like, you're going to go see a dietitian. And I was like, all of my prayers have been answered. The dietitian <laughs> is going to help me lose weight within, I, I mean, my brain was so like the 12 week programs, the six week programs, all of it's going to be gone. And, um, I had already lost some weight just from not being eating. It wasn't a healthy way of doing it, but I was like, yes, it's just this jump started it. And now she is going to help me. I, I think I called probably left that office and called and made an appointment <laughs> immediately. I'm not even joking because I was like, this is the answer. And I just remember I went and I scheduled that appointment. I'm so excited because I was like dietitians. All, all I knew about it was, I guess, from the fitness industry, the trainers give you the diet plans and you're always mm-hmm. doing all these different meal things and whatever. And not that that's not a part of it, but I wasn't expecting what it was. <laughs> Boy, did <laughs> I disappoint. Oh, not <laughs> <laughs> I mean, long run, no. <laughs> but uh, first I was like, what is happening? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But yeah, so that kind of led up to where we met. And I, I even remember our first meeting, I walked in and I was like, and you probably remember this too. I was so sad. I was like, these are my goals. This is what I'm here for. Yes, this doctor referred me. Who cares about that? But this is what we're doing today. And you were like, no, <laughs> very <laughs> kindly, not like that, but in my brain, that's how I took it. I was like, okay, well, let's figure it out. I always wonder how it's received. Yeah. I try to package it real nice and pretty. Yeah, no, I mean, you did an amazing job. I just remember at the time I was like, I, I remember sitting there and just telling you my whole journey. And I was so trying to like, because I was trying to be so strong and my, my goal in life had always been to like, but we've talked about this, be a leader and be, be an example to other people. And I never have wanted to play into like the victim mentality and poor me and stuff. So I remember, I really remember sitting there and being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had an eating disorder here. I got made fun of all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. I want to lose weight now. Yes. I was sick, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you were like, great. Let's unpack it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's Don't a lot. Do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is my diet? What was my diet that starts today? Like I probably meal prepped honestly, or probably went and bought groceries before seeing you to figure out what I was going to eat. I don't even know, but that's, that's just where I was. And so that kind of is where it brought us. Here. Well, and I think part of that is your personality. Like yeah. you're committed to whatever you're doing. And that showed up in the early years when you had an eating disorder, like you were committed to that eating disorder, you were going to do it. And I'm a big fan of looking at our struggles and pulling out our strengths and just learning how to like repackage it for, or repurpose it for good. My dad always told me, use your power for good, not evil, Jess. And with you, it's like, you are a committed driven woman. We just got to, we need to get you to use that for good, not evil here. And so we did, I know we pulled a little bit of that. And like, we set some goals. We did do some like nutrition focused goals to kind of help with some of the excitement you felt about changing your diet. But a lot of our sessions ended up talking, we talked about like body image and how you were feeling in your body and how we could make peace with your body. One of the things I remember that was so pivotal for you is we had this conversation about you being a leader, like you were talking about, and you were involved with this company where you were wanting, you had a goal to like be a leader in the company. You wanted to be up on stage and you were like, Jess, I just want to be an inspiration for other women, but I cannot do that until I lose X amount of weight. And I was like, but why, like, why does that mean people were listening to you? And I think I made the argument 
Like, I actually think more women would listen to you if you got up there super confident in the body that you are in, because that makes, that's counterculture. That makes a louder statement. And you kind of looked at me like I was crazy, but you, you were willing to entertain the idea. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I remember us having that conversation. I even think I have like the notes from it written down on a piece of paper here, um, just because we did talk about that. And I was so, I, I, I honestly don't know where that came from. It had to have been again, probably somewhere in my childhood or in my past where I only probably honestly just being a little bit selfish myself and probably judging other people is maybe I only looked up to people who were looking a certain way at the time. Well, it's I so guess. deeply ingrained in our culture, yeah. you know, yeah. and I think, I think we, yeah, we just assume that's normal. Like we just yeah. assume, oh, I have to look a certain way to be at a certain status or be a certain level of influence or being able to impact others when kind of take a step back. It's like, is that true? You know, we gotta, we gotta question that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's just so crazy to think too, because I remember us having that conversation. I remember, mm-hmm. and I was like set on it. I was like, no, they will. You were so committed to it. Only listen to me <laughs> yeah. if I look a certain way, which saying, I mean, sit in a room and say that out loud three times. It just doesn't make sense the first time. Mm-mm. But at the time it was like, that is the only way. No, people will listen to you if you have something to say that is inspiring, but, or they want to hear. Um, but I, I really, I, and I still do. I mean, I just strive to be a leader and example for so many people. Um, and just to be really inspiring and bless as many people as possible with my story. But, um, at the time it was very deeply rooted and they would only give me the attention or I, people only listen to me if I looked a certain way. And that's just a lie. First of all, it Um, is. Yeah. For so sure. how, how did you finally get to the place? I mean, do you have a pivotal moment where you were able to lay that down and meet yourself where you were at in the body that you were in? You know, I think honestly, so again, I mentioned I'm the youngest of four girls. Um, and I also have a, some nieces that I'm very, very close with. I've played a huge part in their life as well. And I think it was, it was a moment when I realized that being in our family there, something had to stop because, um, every single female in my family for the most part has had some type of eating disorder or body image issue of some, of some point of some type basically. And it was a moment when one of my nieces was starting to battle a lot of the same stuff. And I was, I'm very close with her and we, to me, it was like, I am speaking this stuff over and over. And it was, it was really working with you and you and other people saying like, what you speak is what, what you're going to see and what people are going to listen to. And so I, if I started thinking about it myself, okay, if I want to be a leader to this many people, think of what you're doing right now with those, even just females or males, it doesn't really, it doesn't necessarily have to be females. My story is just, um, that's who I was around as a bunch of girls my whole life. So, um, but what am I saying just in the household of living with them basically is really where it came to this. I, I will take it as more of a maturing moment. I was very immature for a lot of this and the journey and I'm still of course growing and stuff, but it was this moment where I went from being this young girl trying to just look a certain way. And I was already in my twenties, but where I had to make a decision, what example are you going to set? Even for, if I had my own kids at the time, yes, they were my nieces, but if I'm sitting here in my house every single day, putting on an outfit or looking in the mirror and complaining to them, I, when I was about how quote unquote fat I looked or how I was feeling or how something didn't fit, or I just want to look like this, or I need to work out harder. And I, that's bad for you. Don't eat that. 
what kind of example is that? Like, start maybe with that, not how you look and change the way. You, and so I think it was when the girls really started picking up on it. And I noticed them having their own battles and issues and stuff. And it wasn't, I know it wasn't my fault. I mean, we had a whole family lineage of this. So there was plenty of people that taught us to think this way, unfortunately. But I think that's when I was like, oh, if I can't even be an example in my own household to the people around me, based off of what I'm saying, how do I expect to be an example to other people has nothing to do with how I look. These girls and women and whoever I'm going to impact in the world will get so much more out of me. If I'm just speaking truth and life over them, not all this negativity, that's why people aren't going to want to follow me. That's why I'm not going to be a leader because I'm not speaking how a leader would speak to people. And so I think, I think that was probably the biggest, and I don't remember exactly when it was, I, I know there's um, other people's own journeys with stuff, but that is, I think that's when it was. Yeah. So it sounds like there was like a level of responsibility that came with it, where yeah. you now realized your negative narrative not only impacted you, but it impacted the people you love the most. Yeah. And it was limiting this dream you had of helping and supporting other women. Yeah. And so you had, you had to just commit like, all right, here I am in my body. I'm just going to love it as it is. And I remember when you came in, you know, again, I don't remember if there was an exact moment, but I do remember when you came in for the appointment after you had decided to switch this narrative Mm -hmm. and you just, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of people, when they decide to meet themselves where they're at, there's a lot of fear. Like I'm going to let myself go. I'm Mm -hmm. going to gain more weight or, you know, they're like, Oh, all those fears might come true. Yeah. But actually the opposite happens. It's really crazy. Yeah. So you came in and you were like, all right, I get what you've been saying, Jess. I cannot go on a diet. And I think we had been tracking some things and yeah. you were like, I need to not do this anymore. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah. Okay. We can set that down. Like, yeah. And so we set that down, but it's not like we just threw in the towel and said, okay, we're done with nutrition and we're done with intentional eating and exercise. Instead we shifted to like, okay, what feels good in your body? And what can we focus on here that, you know, gets the snowball rolling down the hill that gains momentum and will keep you going on this journey. And then, then like your health journey took off. (laughs) It was crazy. Yeah, it was insane. And I think it was because, and again, you were so patient with me. So such a miracle worker because you allowed me to go through all of this stuff. I mean, again, this is a four-year journey. This is probably the first one to two years of you sitting down with me and I was seeing you weekly to bi-weekly to monthly to back to weekly and we were constantly changing it based off of my needs and I'm so grateful for you and for you uh-huh. being that patient with me because I, I remember you every single session you'd be like if we can just let if we would let this go and I'd be like I'm not ready for it I, I cannot let it go even to something as small as the scale like we that, that was a huge part of my journey just all of this different stuff and then I remember I do remember coming in there and being like Okay. And I think it just, because I had your, I started getting your brain. And so I remember even going to work and I'd come to some of our appointments and been like, things I used to talk about with the people at work and all these weight loss programs, we used to try and do all of these competitions and all this stuff. It started bugging me. I honestly started irritating me. I remember going in and being like, these are what these people talk about all the time. And that was me. And then when my brain started switching, it was a lot easier to recognize that there was a switch. And so I remember going in and being like, enough is enough. This, this is just crazy. I am so consumed by this. And on top of that, and I know you never forgot it, but I think I was trying to put it away. I did still have some physical health issues that we were trying to resolve. So not only were you trying to mentally 
switch my brains, but still take care of my, the reason I was referred there in the first place, which is so wild. And for me, which is crazy to think now that was like the least of my worries. I'm like, if I'm in pain eating all the time, don't care. What do I look like? I want to lose weight, you know? And so that's when the switch came and where I was like, okay, what is this food telling my body? Cause I was tracking so much stuff. Um, my pain levels, my non-pain levels, what literally everything, how I felt after every single thing I was eating, because I still had the physical aspect of the health issues going on. And so that's kind of, I think when I came back in and I was like, okay, let's heal my body and figure out what works. And like you said, it wasn't throwing in the towel. It wasn't like, I'm going to stay in this body. Maybe my body wasn't going to change. I didn't know. But the moment that that happened, I, people tell me this all the time still because people are still looking for fat diets. So like, how did you lose weight so quickly? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. I, I didn't like, I mean, I love everyone to death, but it was years and years and years of this work. And maybe once I let it go, then yes, stuff started changing. Well, honestly, when I stopped trying is really when it came down to when I stopped, not that I wasn't ever trying, but when I stopped consuming that part and started right. healing other things in my body, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, is when it all just kind of came together. And so, yeah, that's, yeah, I think your journey is so, so great. And I'm hoping it can be like a beacon of hope for people that do feel that same desperation that I know you felt at multiple points in your life. You didn't throw in the towel. And in fact, we just shifted focus. And I, you know, I never want to glorify weight loss because I do everybody's journey is so unique with weight loss, but with yours, one thing I do believe is that our body wants to be comfortable. Like our body wants to be healthy. And if you have an, you know, unhealthy weight on, or maybe you are on your underweight, like either way, when we focus on healing the body, you are able to restore your body and your body lands in a healthy place kind of naturally. Like it just starts to happen. Not because you're, you know, you're not focusing on, you're not hyper-focused on it, but you're actually hyper-focused on the behaviors, on how you take care of your body, what your body says about food and exercise, which is exactly what we did. And your story was just so picture perfect because then your body did come to a healthier place. And that just fueled your fire. I mean, you were like, oh, yes, I remember working out and I love it so much. And now you can't, you know, now you can't get me out of the gym. I just love it again so much. It wasn't from an addictive place. It was really from a pure enjoyment space. And you're able to take that home again to your family and, and talk about how you had healed that. It was just so cool to see the whole journey. Now, what would you say, Natalie, to someone who, is in that place of desperation of like, I hate my body. I am so uncomfortable. I have gained this extra weight that I swore I never would. Right. And I'm here and I really want to let the dieting and obsession go, but I am so scared if I do. No, that's a great question. Um, I think first and foremost, as cliche as it sounds is you won't always be there. And, but I get it. I don't, I don't want somebody. Sometimes I found myself people where people will say that, like, I hate my body and I've gotten irritated. I'm like, don't say that about yourself. And then I have to remember where I came from, you know, really humble yourself for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I, I totally get it. I get it. Stay there for a second, but don't allow yourself to stay there, please. Because I was there. I was on a whole other I was on a whole other path where I hated myself so much. And again, it goes back to my faith and stuff. And um, in the book I read says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so if I'm so constantly trying to pour into other people and pour into other people, but I'm using it on a scale of how much do I actually love myself? I'm not really pouring into them that much at all. I don't love them because I did not love myself. And I could honestly say that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
be there, recognize that, but then really find the power, whether, whether it is working with the dietitian or doing your own research, there's so much stuff out there, really finding yourself and allowing yourself. I didn't love myself at first. And honestly, I still do struggle with it. Sometimes it's still a constant battle. It doesn't just go away. Um, I don't wake up every morning and be like, I'm just so in love with myself. You know, it's, it's a constant battle, but it's the making the decision to allow myself that freedom, that, um, the space and honestly, the patience and the grace to be able to just move forward. And so if you're in that spot, recognize it, do your research or reach out for help, find somebody that can honestly pour into you. Because I think that's the other thing is who you surround yourself with. Everyone around me, I had a great support system. And honestly, starting with you too, every time I came into your office, it was, you are beautiful. You are capable. Let's think about the things that you are, that you can really recognize within yourself. And eventually it'll come through. But I would honestly just say, really allow it. Sure. Yes. You may not like yourself right now, but you will not stay there. And if you do stay there, that is a choice you are making because you can choose to not. And so it's not an easy choice. It's definitely, definitely not. Um, And again, this was years and years of me going through this and everything. And I still, you know, the other thing I want people to know is again, I still do battle with it. And I, um, recently actually me and Jess, I saw each her for like every single week. I saw you for every week for a long time. Almost we were meeting every week and then every other week. And now it's every couple months. And honestly, sometimes, cause I'm like, I miss her. I, <laughs> I always love when you come in. Yeah. I feel like the lucky one. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a session. I miss Jess, but really to reset is really what it is. You know, we just had a conversation about a month ago because I just got engaged and I tried on my wedding dress and all of this exciting stuff. And I recognize there's still these little moments in my every single day life where I start either, I call it being mean to myself and whether it's, I mean, it is being mean to yourself. You know, you start saying these different things. What am I going to look like in my wedding dress? How am I going to do, what do I look like in this outfit? What about my pictures? All of this stuff where big scale, do they really matter? Probably not, but you still want to feel good about yourself on important days sure. for sure, on every sure. day. and so um I scheduled and we reset and got to a place where I made a decision and now I'm able to make a lot of these decisions myself just by talking them out you literally just pretty much sit there and let me speak it and then you're like you answered your own question anything else and I'm like no no <laughs> you have a lot of insight you really <laughs> you do at this point well yeah. and the whole wedding dress thing I mean that was I think such a cool moment because you, you have done the hard work. You've healed a lot of your relationship with food and body. You've embraced your body as it is through all the seasons. And it sounds like, even when I hear you tell your story, you found grace for yourself along the way, which is just so beautiful. But here you were like, just, is it bad that I want to like tone up my arms? Like I want to feel good in my wedding dress. And I'm real passionate about this point in our journey, which is like the okay, I don't have an eating disorder anymore. I've healed it. I've, you know, gone through the embrace myself where I'm at, but now like, is it bad to have these goals? And that was a really fun conversation. Just so you know, for me, I really enjoyed it (laughs) because we got to like wade through like, okay, it's not bad, but is it worth it? Like, is it worth the cost? Because because anytime, did you hear an echo? Okay. Hold on. I just got to cut that out. Anytime you are looking at for some of these changes, we have to evaluate, like, is this a slippery slope? And is this truly in alignment with our values, which we totally did. And what did you say at the end of our conversation after we talked about like, you know, going into more intentional eating and toning your arms for your wedding? I basically was like, not worth it. (laughs) (laughs) My fiance, my husband, once I get married is going to love me in my wedding dress, no matter what. 
Um, I'm enjoying this journey with him and planning the wedding and the amount that it was going to take to, and it wasn't, it wouldn't have been a sacrifice. It would have just been working toward that goal, but the amount of energy and even the energy, yeah. money, <laughs> yeah. amount of cost it would have taken for me to get exactly what in my ideal picture, perfect quote unquote wedding dress body, I guess, if you want um, to look like just not worth it. <laughs> and um, at the end I was like, great. Cool. And, and, and the, the thing about that too, is you made it so clear that although yes, we could have set those goals and that would have been okay if I had chosen to do that because it's my choice to do that. I'm also still working toward that. You said, mm-hmm. make sure you're still working hard. If that's something you're, it's important to you, you can still work and throw in a couple extra arm exercises or whatever it is, change it up. So you're still working toward it. And if it happens to be different, great. But if it happens to not, no big deal, because I'm not choosing to go above and beyond going crazy to try and get this perfect body, but sacrifice all this other stuff over the next, I mean, I'm planning a wedding very quickly. So over the next couple months. And so it was great to have that freedom for sure, for sure. And I think, um, going back to another thing you had asked about um, what I would tell people if they don't love themselves. Um, the other part of it is all as amazing as it is to be on the other side of this and the freedom. Um, I remember having another conversation with you once I was, my body was different. I had lost how, I don't even know how much weight, if it doesn't matter the number because I stopped weighing myself. So once I had gotten to a place awesome. where I awesome. love myself, yeah. Um, I had another conversation with you. I remember going in the office and being like, wow, I, this, although it was incredible, it wasn't as incredible as I thought it was because the attention I was getting from Mm -hmm. it now, I was still twisted into a negative connotation for me because it was attention I was getting from people who have known me at my heaviest. And now that I look different now, they want to give me attention. And so it, it went back to the whole leader thing for me and my brain mentally of, it's not necessarily that I had to look a certain way because who I was as a person didn't really, although it changed. Yes. I was now getting attention from people who I should have never gotten attention from Mm -hmm. because my body changed um, from a male perspective, I guess a a lot of males were kind of now trying to, you know, get attention from me and give me their attention. And I was like, you guys have known me for years. Why now? I'm still, I'm still me, you know? And I remember having that conversation too. And so I'm not saying that that's everyone's journey. And I still, I love myself and I was able to overcome that, but really, really make the decisions you want to make from a health perspective. Um, Not necessarily of, I want to look a certain way because it's not, you're not always, unless your mental aspect has changed, you're not always going to get the result you want even if the physical just changes. Yeah. It'll disappoint every time because I mean, I, I think, you know, it sounds like from, you know, 16 year old Natalie may have wanted some of that attention and was maybe sad she didn't get that. And then here you are older in life. And now you are getting some of that tension because you, your body is changing in the direction you thought it should. And you didn't like it because you still have the negative narrative. So all that to say, it makes sense that we've got to do the deeper work. You got to get the the relationship healed with your body as it is before you can expect any external, you know, things or external changes to modify it. Like it's very internal. It's very much in your head. And it sounds like you experienced that firsthand. Yeah. Oh, so good, Natalie. Well, your story is just so incredible and you've really gone through the entire spectrum and I'm so grateful for you sharing it here today and just walking us through it. Now, I love your advice for, you know, you got to meet yourself where you're at. You got to do the deeper work. 
um, for someone that's maybe past that and looking at adding some of these health goals back in, what would your, be, your advice be for her? Um, I would say first and foremost, for sure, figure out if just strictly based off of food, again, genetics play a huge part of it. Every fad diet that's out there is made for a certain someone maybe, but it definitely was never made for me. I can hundred percent tell you that I tried every single one of them. And so for me personally, I ended up, um, with my whole health journey, um, on the physical aspect of it, I actually had a lot more inflammatory issues than I had known about. And so I, we had to dive deep and figure out what those were. And so I was able to figure out with um, your help that what foods specifically, my, how my body reacted to specific foods and not reacted in the sense, am I gaining weight or losing weight with them? But really, how do they make me feel when I do or do not eat them and are, when they are in my daily routine of eating my daily diet, I guess. And so um, I would say if you're already kind of past that journey and everything, and you are trying to keep moving forward, really for me, and it was fun for me. A lot of people don't want to spend the energy on it. So if you don't want to, don't worry about it. But <laughs> I liked being able to see like, once I ate something, like, how did I feel from that? And that kind of stuff was fun. And so I think for sure, figuring out what works for you specifically, because it's different than someone else. Like I, I've mentioned my nieces and stuff, her and I kind of, we did the same type of um, blood work to figure out what inflammatory stuff um, there was. And a lot of it was the same. We have the same blood, but a lot of it was so, so different, you know, and we are genetically tied to each other in some aspect. And so whatever works for you specifically do that and really don't try and do what the next person's doing. Cause it's mm-hmm. not going for Oh, amen. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Well, there's so much with social media of like, do this, you know, Oh, you're not hungry. You're thirsty. I just saw something that said that. And I'm like, how do you know you don't live in my body? I mean, I think a lot of these messages are rooted in like good intentions and they mean to pass on good information, but you hit the nail on the head. You have to listen to what your body says. And I call it biofeedback. Like you have to hear what your body's biofeedback is. And we have lots of different tools. And with you, we used a food sensitivity test as a tool to help guide us. We also looked at, like, I always call it the poop report. Like we looked at all of those things. Right. And we listen and we didn't even have to spend that long listening. It was a pretty quick turnaround for you to get some strong biofeedback. And that completely changed your health journey. It was really cool to see Natalie. It was awesome. I think um, again, that was another, another pivotal point too, for sure. Once I figured out what did or did not work in, in a sense for my body. And the other thing with that too, is still allowing yourself to have the freedom to have the things you want. You know, one mm-hmm. of the things that came back on my journey was a gluten intolerance, which I was already aware, but growing up again, huge Hispanic family, tortillas and sopapillas and all of the things are just the, some of the greatest foods in the world. But, um, I had to really make the decision to cut a lot of that out, but I also make the decisions to allow myself to have things. Cake is my favorite dessert. Like I just love cake. I don't mm-hmm. know why it's so plain, just plain vanilla cake. So I have to allow myself to make the decisions. If I'm going to choose to make this decision, I already know how I'm going to feel. And so if I'm allowing myself to do that, it's fine. But if I'm going to make those changes or allow myself to eat these things, be okay with it. And that's really where I am. Like, or if you're not okay with it, that's fine, but then just decide not to, you know? And so, um, I think the other thing is having a great support system. I have my family, everyone got on board with where I, all the changes I was making. And honestly, because they saw me change as a person, Mm -hmm. not necessarily Mm -hmm. 
physical aspect, but they, they were all through my mental health journey. Everyone saw where I was so deeply in this, I guess, dark space, if you will, getting pulled out of it. And so it's actually fun. It's even, even with my fiance, he's amazing. When we started dating, he's a huge foodie and he was like, oh, we're going to travel the world and eat all this food. And I want to cook all these meals. And I had to come and be like, I have a list of foods that I eat because I like them, you know, and he's been amazing just trying new recipes and we make it fun. We make it a huge fun thing. And, um, but the support system was huge because sure. people around you know where you're at and what your goals are or what, where, what, how you're going to feel. And so, you know, being able to kind of make those adjustments with everyone and everything. And there's still so much freedom around food, even if you do have restrictions, honestly. What I love about what you said is that it's been fun and you also have given yourself like the freedom to stray from it if you want to. And that I think, and being on this side of the the office and watching your journey, I think that piece has been what has made this change stick compared to the past ones is that you you knew it wasn't law. Like you knew it was something you would choose to do because it made you feel better, but you could also not, and you were okay. Like it didn't compromise you as a person. It didn't compromise your health. It might not feel as good, but it is what it is because it's worth it to you, right? Like the cost was worth it because it was enjoying it with your friends, your family. Like you better believe, I hope you have vanilla cake on your wedding day and that you enjoy every single bite that you have of it. I am. I am. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for just sharing your journey. I am grateful for the being able to be on this side. Like it truly has been an honor to like be in your corner and hear your story. And I know you're so kind to me throughout this whole interview, but you really did all the hard work. Like you are the one that walked away, did the work, came back, you reflected, you did the, you journaled your heart out over four years. <laughs> and I just want to like hats off proud to know you Natalie you're just an incredible human you always have been but I am so glad you realized that today thank you I really I really appreciate that and again I, I know we'll go back and forth but I owe, owe so much to you <laughs> I'm so grateful for you we, we, could, time, yeah. we could we'll go back and forth and back and forth <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate that you for bet. Sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.